1: Well, Welcome everybody. Hope everyone is having a great week. It's uh, hard to believe how fast summer has gone along. We're already approaching the middle of uh, August. God, where is the time go? But nonetheless, we hope everyone is enjoying and having a great summer. I know we are here at Sustainable Success. Again, if you have any questions for any uh, future shows or certain types of content you'd like to see on the show, feel free to reach out to us at chris at christophersalem.com. Also, if you are require any help in the areas of helping to uh, find hidden revenue opportunities in your business feel free to reach out to us at sustainable success coaching and consulting Uh, we work with businesses of all sizes from anywhere from a small business right up to a mid-sized company and helping you to increase revenue and your net profit margin giving you more options to take your business to the next level Today's show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. Alumni Direct is a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing alumni together from all different generational types, an opportunity to rekindle old relationships and perhaps meet new people for the first time. This is a membership program, meaning it takes out all the noise of social media, so no more of those crazy notifications that... Bog you down each and every day, but a chance to come in on your time to generate authentic and genuine relationships with people that you're looking to interact with on a daily basis. Also, it offers a wide array of different services available to you that that are not offered to the general public. Feel free to find out more at alumnidirect.com. That's alumnidirect.com. Well, we got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about Be Human, Why Humanity in the Workplace Pays Off, And you know, in this today's fast moving world with its ever increasing uncertainty and complexity, both organizations and individuals are facing big challenges. And in this environment, we we are required to strengthen the individual from the inside out. And the same can be said for the workplace. So you're gonna be learning a lot from our guest today where we're gonna be with Thomas Jelmy. And before I introduce Thomas, I'm gonna give you a little background about him. He has a very impressive uh, bio. For more than two decades, he has been an executive coach, facilitator, member of the Forbes Biz, uh, Coaches Council, and sparring partner. He's a support, he's supporting leaders at various levels in their development across cultures and industries. His work focuses on developing essential human aspects that lead to measurably more impact in leadership, teamwork, and customer relations. For his practice, he draws on extraordinary biography with exciting milestones. Besides his many years of professional experience working with leaders and holding various management positions, he spent many years with Swiss Air, the former Swiss national airline, and in the worldwide leadership in the training of cabin crew and in the contact with international customers at 30,000 feet. And Thomas and I just found out we have a lot in common because I came from that background as well. Additionally, he has been a team leader and trained caregiver in accidents and other extreme situations for many years, he has, he's the best-selling author of several books, among them Breakthrough, What Cabin Crew Can Teach You About Leadership, Teamwork and Customer Contact, and The Coaching Code, Practical Tips for Cracking the Code and Building a Successful Coaching Business. Thomas works with leaders all across Europe and regularly in North America, Asia, Africa, and Australia, and his clients include global corporations as well as SMEs and private individuals. And without further ado, we welcome Thomas Join me to the show, Thomas. How are you doing today?
2: I'm great. I was very much looking forward to our
1: show today, and I'm happy to be with you here as your guest. Thank you for inviting me. Well, we are so excited to have you here. You're coming from Switzerland, and it's in the evening there, and you're taking time out of your evening to be with us. And we are so grateful for you to share with us. You know, this topic is so important more than ever since now we're 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 coming out of you know the last year or so with COVID and you know, being human and bringing, you know, why humanity in the workplace? Why is it so important, you know, than ever? Or before we get into that, let's just, let's just discuss what, huma- you know, what the concept of humanity is and why that is so important now that workplaces or businesses should be bringing that into the workplace. Yes, well,
2: if you hear it, right? Be more human in the business, more humanity in the business. It sounds like common sense, like what? We should be doing something that we are anyway. We are human beings. so what, what, what exactly is this about? <laughs> well, um, the, the challenge is that when we look into organizations and we observe how people work together or how managers lead or manage, then this common sense is very often not so common. So or in other words, common sense does not equal common practice. And why is that? Well, because there's a lot of pressure in the organizations. KPIs, key performance indicators, have to be attained. Profits have to be made. Goals have to be achieved, etc. And because of this enormous pressure that managers have on their shoulders, they also transfer this pressure to their workforce. And there goes a big part of what makes us human. Wow. Namely, you know, things like empathy, compassion, the ability to connect with others on a genuine level, et cetera, et cetera. So in a nutshell, this is why we have to talk about it and it doesn't just come by itself.
1: No, that's so true. And I love, you know, empathy is, uh, you know, is such an important word that you brought up, compassion as well. But uh, when I think of that word empathy, you know, it, it's, it's about, you know, especially when, it, when we're talking about leadership, it's about being the example and being resourceful what you know what when you th- when you think about empathy why is that now so important is that something that it will encourage people you know in the workplace to kind of rise up and take responsibility for their role and duties oh yes
2: it's uh, it's uh, one of the factors that really makes a difference let's first maybe look at what it means what is empathy yeah. Empathy is is both the ability to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and feel what they may be feeling and trying to see how they see a situation from their perspective, but not also uh, not only the ability, but also the willingness to mm. act in an empathetic way. Again, when you meet with your friends or your family, that's common sense. Of course, we show empathy because we have a genuine interest in those people. Now, if we transfer this into the workplace, we may have to deal with people, collaborate, work with people whom we would probably not have as friends if we had a choice, right? But we have to. And so we might be in situations where we have to have a difficult conversation about an uncomfortable topic with someone we don't necessarily like. That's the moment when empathy may not come so naturally to you like, and therefore may have to be a decision you make. I, I in, like
1: the fact that yeah, you just said that.
2: Mm, mm. As in, I am going to uh, now show empathy to this person and not just on a superficial level, as in I'm going to act empathetically. No, I'm going to choose the attitude and step into an empathetic um, or activate the empathetic part inside me for having this conversation now. So that's empathy. Now, why is it important and what does it do? The effect is mainly that people feel heard. They feel seen. They feel taken care of. And this is the game changer. When it comes to you know the question whether someone does the bare minimum, they just work by the rule book and they just do what they have to do so they don't get into trouble. Or whether they show engagement, passion, ownership accountability commitment and go extra miles if they are necessary because it's obvious that it's necessary and they want to right so customer orientation and all of that comes naturally as a result of feeling seen and heard and 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 like my contribution counts and this again depends a lot on the quality of leadership. So that's where customer focus begins deep inside the organization, not only when we get into touch with the customer.
1: I love that. And so it, when from what I was hearing, I mean it you know it starts with I guess awareness, right? And in the individual, it's not like we can we can never make somebody do something that they're not going to do. We have no control, but if we can but if you, what you just said, if you can create an environment, a psychologically safe space, where it encourages people to own that and, 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 you know, learn this for themselves, then it's like with anything, we, we, we're just a product of our environment. Like we're going to feed upon it. People are gossiping and complaining and pointing the finger. Eventually some people are going to get caught up in that. Some people may not, but, but if it's the opposite where people are compassionate and they're, they're being resourceful, they're not just getting sucked into doing it. It's contagious. And I love what you just shared there. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you shed some insights of like what could what could be some steps that leaders could take or organizations, business of any size, can take to start putting something like that into, into play?
2: Well, you see, there's there's a short answer, or short term solution that many look for like quick fixes, yeah. I often, for, for example, I often, get a, a, I often get the question, how can I motivate my people even more, <laughs> which often translates into how can I squeeze more out of the lemons I have in my organization, right? So how can I get people to do more? But that's the wrong question. Right, because that's looking for a quick fix, but th- there are no quick fixes here. It all depends on who the leaders in the organization are in, within themselves, as in what personalities do you have on board, in your board, in the management? At what stage are those people who lead, others and are responsible for others in their own development in their own personality development how much are they in in sync with themselves in tune with themselves at peace with themselves you know if you have a management board that in which every individual is totally stressed out and it's like uh, totally out of balance. How can you expect these people to be role models and, and inspire others in the organization? That's yeah. going to be a difficult task. So yeah. instead of looking for quick fixes, go take a, a leadership training one day or a course one week, look at personality development. Right? We need to work with leaders in the organizations in their own personality development. And then many of the things um, that are needed will happen automatically as a consequence of yeah. that. Yeah. No, I like, think it's great. Yeah. To, to give you an example, look, um old-fashioned um leadership approach, like command and control. Uh, I'm the boss. I'm going to tell you what to do and then I'm going to check on you and then I'm going to micromanage you and you do what I say because I, I say so. You know, this really old-fashioned uh, leadership style. The
1: bureaucratic or even autocratic yes, style yes. leadership. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that originates
2: from the industrial age, by the oh, way. Yeah. So, so it's really, I wouldn't say it's outdated. Hmm, there are situations where it's still valid, but generally... Um, if you lead like this today, you're going to lose people, right? You're going to lose the best people, or you're going to generate quiet quitters, people who just come to work so they, you know, get through the months and then get their salary at the end of the month. Um, so again, it's personality development that is key. And then many things happen by themselves. You know, I have this analogy that I often use coming back to, to, what you said earlier that awareness is key and then motivation um, is is at the heart of, of, of people's performance, etc. If you try to see for a moment a manager or a leader as being like a gardener and the organization is like a garden or the team or the department. And the goal is to bring this garden to maximum beauty, because all the plants in the garden flourish beautifully, they blossom. And so each plant represents a person. And we have a certain biodiversity in this garden, meaning there are different plants. And not every plant needs the same thing to flourish. But every every plant needs ideal conditions in the end. That's it. The conditions vary. But if you give the right conditions, if you create the right conditions, you don't have to do much more than that. The growth and the blossoming and and the growing, et cetera, happens happens automatically. And the plants won't grow faster when you pull them or when you you kick them every now and then. No, create conditions and let them. And with human beings is really very, very similar. People in general have the ability to motivate themselves and they will if you let them. And if you refrain from demotivating them, Yeah, it's very simple.
1: I love that too. And and like you said, because, you know, motivation isn't something that you can't, yeah, people might think, well, yeah, he's a, you know, somebody can motivate me. Well, you might feel the illusion like Tony Robbins, for instance, is motivating Mm. you when you're at a, one of his functions, but as soon as you, you know, you walk out of there within 24 hours, you're kind of, you're right, you're default right back to the same old, same old. And exactly it's so true. And that's what happens
2: if uh, if uh, an organization sends their managers to a leadership training, they may come out with the boost, you know, thinking, oh yeah, okay, this is, this is a great idea and this is what I'm gonna do. And then one week later, they're back into old habits thinking habits, behavioral habits, etc. So that's why coaching is the key for lasting sustainable change. Change. Right. I you know, so I I personally don't believe in standalone trainings yeah without any follow-up uh support because we
1: all you know fall back into old habits we fall back it's like you said those organizations are checking boxes that's all that's all that you know if they're if they're not going to do any follow-up from that it's just yeah we did that but you know did anything change probably not because one one hour session is not gonna cut it It, you might get Mm. one person that may Lot you know really you hit home with and they they may do something on their own with it but it's unlikely one session in itself is going to be the you know the you know the you know, the, you know that's going to take care of it absolutely you know wow. you, you
2: yeah and and if you want to go and learn methods and techniques how to better motivate people you're gonna just scratch the surface with those methods and techniques if the attitude and mindset within you does not support those methods and techniques you see and when the attitude and mindset are the right ones you don't need methods and techniques because you will very naturally do what is effective and connect with people and just be an example just by your appearance and how you show up and the energy you bring to a room you know everybody who's listening has experienced how the energy in a room shifts or can shift immediately when someone enters the room and it can go both ways it can go up and down oh yeah
1: it Can go right. like you said positive or negative no doubt about it oh yeah i love it i, love it. I know we're getting close to uh the break we got about a, about a minute left into the break anything hmm. that you would like to like sum up for what you've shared so far in this first segment you you really planted a lot of golden nuggets here Anything that you want to like just sum up or anything of high impact and, you know, the next 30, 30 seconds.
2: Yeah. So uh, in a nutshell, um, my main recommendation is to not be afraid of your own humanness when you're if you're a manager, not being afraid to show who you are, being genuine and not shying away from connecting with people on an emotional level.
1: Mm, Powerful. Well, everybody, we're here with uh, Thomas Jelmy. Again, this is some great information. Again, we highly encourage if you had joined halfway through to listen to this show in its entirety. Again, we're talking about Be Human, Why Humanity in the Workplace Pays Off. We got more to come. We've only touched the tip of the iceberg with Thomas, and we'll be right back after the break.
2: The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 5790. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success.
1: Welcome back, everybody. If you're just joining us, we are having an interesting conversation. Just some golden nuggets. Uh, Thomas Jelmy, our subject matter expert, is sharing with us in the area of Be Human, Why Humanity in the Workplace Pays Off. This is definitely an episode that you will will, will, will have to listen to, and I say half, I usually am not directive, but I am gonna be directive here. Have to listen to this is really important information, no matter what size organization that you are part of or leading great information here. you can listen to this show in its entirety here later today here at the Voice America business Channel. you know, Thomas, we had left off where i you know i I had mentioned that you had only touched the tip of the iceberg here. And that means there's there's a lot more to that iceberg and there's a lot more why humanity is necessary in the workplace to take, a, 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 people can't see us, but an organization from here and they can kind of visualize up here. Talk a little bit more about that rest of that iceberg. As the yes, analogy.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd be happy to do so because it's really a great analogy that we can beautifully use when it comes to uh, looking at how we, how we should mobilize people to do what needs to be done because they want to do it, right? So just maybe quickly as a definition, what is, what is leadership and what is management? The distinction can be made very simply by saying, as a manager, which is your role or your function, you have a task-oriented uh, part of your work Tasks and processes and structures, that's management. You manage those tasks and processes. And then you have a people-oriented part of your work. That's leadership. That's the human-to-human part of your work, regardless of whether you're in a B2B market with your business or in a B2C market. It's always h to h human-to-human. So what is leadership? The most or the shortest definition I've ever read is leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Influencing people, mobilizing people, as I just said. Now, in order to better understand how we can mobilize people, it helps to understand what drives people, what drives our behavior, and there uh, I'd like to link back to the iceberg. Just imagine that our behavior, what we do on a daily basis, all day long, including our decision-making, is just the tip of the iceberg. Now this behavior, the visible obvious part is driven and steered by elements and aspects that are often below the surface meaning we are not necessarily aware of them and others do not necessarily perceive them and we don't necessarily perceive them in others so among them are for example our emotional state like how do i feel today it will show up in my behavior in one way or another how and what i think what's going on in my mind has an influence on my behavior, right? What I think about coming to this show, for example, or what I think about Monday on Sunday evening, well, will in one way or another manifest in my behavior. And these are the short-term volatile influencing factors. One day like this, one moment, uh, another way. And then there are long-term factors like values, what I believe in, uh, values and beliefs, my experiences, and my uh, psychological needs, such as the need for connectedness, relationship, autonomy. A, a human need is autonomy, uh, orientation, feeling safe, etc. Et so all of these drive the visible behavior, um, the tip of the iceberg. Now, what happens when two icebergs meet? in a meeting, for a conversation, for example. Maybe one is the leader, one is a team member, or one is a salesperson, one is a customer. The principles are the same because it's about ethical influence, right? Not manipulation, big difference. Mm. Uh, Maybe just quickly, uh, again, as a definition, what's the difference between ethical influence and manipulation? Well, manipulation often happens or generally happens below the radar, below the table, right? Hoping, if I man- manipulate you, hoping that you don't notice that I'm trying to influence you. And manipulation also mainly serves my needs and my goal- goals, regardless of whether your needs are going to be met or not. So I basically don't care. Whereas ethical influence is transparent, first of all and it serves the needs and goals and interests of everybody involved like if you go to a car dealer for example and you need a new car a bigger car because the second baby's coming and you step into the the dealership and the the salesperson is going to ask you what you need the car for and what your needs are in general etc and then tries to make a business by selling to you exactly the car that you need. That is ethical influence. And we both know we're in an influencing process. uh, If I go to a car dealer and and, want to buy a car, it's obvious, right? Manipulation would be if I go to another car dealer, and the salesperson tries to sell to me the car, the used car that has been sitting behind the building for half a year and the mileage has been manipulated and it had an accident covered up and all that stuff, regardless of what my needs are, right? So that's, that's the difference. So we are talking about influencing, not manipulation. So we have these two iceberg meeting, interacting, collaborating, and now the whole interaction happens on two levels. It happens above the surface on the factual, rational level where we share information, we discuss, it's about tasks, it's about content, et cetera. And that's usually what we focus on, especially if we want to stay rational. I'm sure you've heard this before, right? People Mm. say such things. Let's stay rational. Let's, Let's have a rational conversation, right? Um, as, as if anything that has to do with emotions is bad and has to stay out of the equation, (laughs) right? So that's what we try to focus on normally, but that is by far not the only thing that's happening in this situation, in this interaction. A lot happens below the surface Mm. and has a lot to do with the emotional climate in which this interactional conversation happens. I often refer to it as the emotional bank account, the emotional balance sheet. What is the emotional balance sheet in this meeting, for example? We have 10 people in the room and everybody's focusing on the facts and figures and the rational stuff, but below the surface, the water is boiling. Because there's hard feelings and there's irritations, and people feel treated disrespectfully. And, you know, just imagine a real iceberg floating in the ocean. What would you say mobilizes or, or makes the iceberg move? Is it the winds that blow against the tip, or is it the currents on the water? What would you well,
1: say? I'm going to say, I mean, I would say probably mostly the currents, but it could be the wind too. You know, it could be a combination, hmm. but... Uh, I'm
2: sure on a windy day, the wind has its share, but I guess it's safe to say that... The
1: currents, currents oh yeah, they're more powerful. <laughs> yeah, are the
2: main thing that drives the iceberg. Now, you can take this realization or this conclusion and transfer it into real life when it comes to mobilizing others and making them wanting to do what needs to be done. The music plays below the surface on the relationship level. That's where the main influencing happens. And it has a lot to do with how people feel about you, about the situation, about me, about the leader. That's the key. That's the game changer you know and if 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 the doors are locked on the relationship level and there's roadblocks and and hard feelings etc you can try to move on and come to conclusions on the rational level but it's going to be very very difficult you may you may end up having people nod at the end of the meeting and say, yes, we understood. Everything is clear. Okay. Bye. See you next week. And then nothing is being accomplished in the Mm -hmm. meantime, because people just don't, they're, they're not emotionally motivated. They have understood what you want from them, but that's not enough. No. Right. To make people act from their own volition.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it, I love what you just said there, Tommy, like, I remember one time I had a, I, I was working with a, a dentist, he ran three dental practices. And he's like, why do why do you want these people, like, have the same level of, of, of urgency? And, you know, that dedication, like I do. And I said, I go do who owns this business? I do. Do they own your business? No. But like you just nailed it. There was like no emotional, because he didn't, he didn't, he at the time I met, he didn't he didn't create an environment like that. It was just like, I tell you what to do, you do it. And that ain't that's not going to move the needle. People are not going to be emotionally invested, just like you said, with that type of yeah, yeah. type of uh communication and how we can how he was engaging his people. Yeah. So true. And-
2: Yeah, and you see, uh, US psychologist Amy Cuddy says that when we interact with others, especially when it's someone new, like a new team leader, for example, um, we very quickly assess three things in that person. Three questions we ask ourselves, often unconsciously. Number one, can I trust this person? So does the person radiate trustworthiness? In one way or another do i feel like i'm in good hands here Hmm? number one number two can i respect this person that's about competence so do they know what they're talking about are their statements and decisions sound but do they obviously also know what they don't know which is also an aspect of competence knowing what you don't know the limitations are and the third aspect is the question is this also about me can i relate Mm. is this about me is this do i see and feel some empathy or is this person only talking about themselves as me myself and i Mm. so and when i see all these things or i feel them i sense them i can trust apparently the person knows what they're talking about and they also make it about me so i'm i'm being included i'm being cared for i'm being involved now i can open up and be willing to listen and 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 connect and engage right so in this sequence trust competence empathy or even competence last, right? Because it's about human beings. So um, let let me sum it up like this. Once you have established trust, your smartness and your competence is a cherry on the top that will open doors. The other way around, if you try to get credibility and acceptance by others by your team members by people in your organization for example by showing how smart you are and how much you know and that you're the smartest person in the room always you risk that people feel irritated alienated and that they shut down basically mm. right and 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 guess what most managers try to emphasize on if they want to come across as credible and trustworthy and be accepted. Guess what they put first? Competence. Competence. Yeah. 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 And, and it's exactly the other way around.
1: That's why people are, like you said, are afraid to like step up because they're afraid that they, if they expose a weakness or they something that they, everyone thinks they should know and they don't, they're going to be viewed as incompetent and they, They play, play it safe.
2: Exactly. And by the way, what we're talking about here is nothing new. We're not reinventing the wheel. Former U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt said this a hundred years ago. People don't care how much you know before they know how much you care. This quote sums it up. That's what we're talking about. Right? And if a manager realizes this they will shift there will be a shift in their behavior mm. they will not be the first to uh, add their two cents to any discussion anymore they will start to listen first and be the last to speak mm. because there's no more urge to you know show you know how how smart i am I can let others shine. I can let others contribute because they want to. If you let people contribute, they will. And then, lastly, I may sum it up, or add my opinion, or I might not even, because everything is good enough, right? And this leading from behind—I don't have to, you know, carry the uh, the, the the what do you call it—the torch. And yeah. everybody follow me no
1: no <laughs> well it's like no. like you said you know it's like the definition of a servant leader but in this case that you're not just putting people first you have to you have to fill your cup in order to be a better example you can't give from an empty cup and i and i love what you talked about there and you got like you're creating that psychologically safe environment for people where competence yeah it's important but it's it you know if it's the first thing you're you're operating from now you're you it's putting you at a disadvantage So in the next, we have about 30 seconds to, you know, Hmm. uh, well, actually a little over that before we go to break again, Thomas, anything else that you would like to add, anything of impact to kind of close this segment out uh, with just so much valuable information you shared?
2: Yeah, I'm coming back to authenticity. You know, if you're in tune with yourself, you can just show up and connect with people and let them shine and not feel bad about it. You know, not feel inferior because you give others a stage, for example, Mm. you know, because when you're, the moment you become a leader, it's not about your individual performance and contribution anymore. It's about taking care of those who are in charge. Yes.
1: It's a shift. It's a
2: different profession. Yes.
1: right Oh, this is so much great information everybody we got more to come with thomas jellamy here shortly this is some great information we hope you're taking notes this is uh great we hope you again you can listen to the show in its entirety here later today we'll be right back after the break be human why humanity in the workplace pays off we'll be right back
0: voice america at facebook.com forward slash voice america for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts what is balance it's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects surrounding yourself with family and loved ones nurturing your spirituality maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness and being present in the moment When it comes to
2: business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to sustainable success.
1: Welcome back. If you're just joining us again, this is a tremendous episode we have here with Thomas Jelmy talking about Be Human, Why Humanity in the Workplace Pays Off. Uh, Our show, again, is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. Again, a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing alumni together from all different generational types. Again, if you are looking for something new uh, other than social media, a place to now generate genuine and authentic relationships with people you've known in the past, perhaps meeting new people, this is a great place to do it. Check them out at alumnidirect.com. They also have an Athletes Corner for any former professional athletes now that are transitioning into everyday life. It also has a platform there for you as well. And I know a lot of athletes that are taking advantage of that that are... uh, Uh, meeting new people or other athletes that are helping them to make that transition into everyday life upon retiring from their sport of choice. With that being said, we're getting back to about talking about be human, why humanity in the workplace pays off. Thomas, you have given so much great information here and all these things that are possible for organizations to really transform where they are and where they're going and how they can create more valuable customer experiences as a byproduct of, what they build from within. What can we talk a little bit about you know some things you could share on what people can do because change is inevitable. Change is going to happen regardless if we go with it or not. Now it's a matter of we are we going to be the change so that things that we can adapt to the things that are beyond our control and become more talk a little bit about you know change and what are some of the things we could develop better habits to that to really you know inspire others to do the same to create this this uh you know this workplace built around humanity empathy compassion and kindness and so on
2: yeah i'd love to because this is at the heart of my work of course so uh, we're often talking uh cultural change right cultural transfer transformation of of an organization and um h- how do you change the culture of an organization well the answer is one conversation and one experience at a time, right? You cannot change a culture by announcing the new culture. This is what we're going to do differently. And now you, you hang it in every meeting room and it's visible everywhere. And that's it. Things will not change. People may become aware of it. And awareness is always the first step into any change, right? Only what we're aware of we can change. Mm. We can control. What we're not aware of often controls us. So awareness is key, but it doesn't end there, of course. Only when people realize one conversation at a time, one experience at a time, oh, something's changing. Something is different. Then change will uh, manifest over time. And it begins with the individual, of course, in my case, the people I work with, it's the leaders, because they usually have the biggest you know, leverage, influence within an organization. And it all depends on uh, who they are and how they act and behave on a, daily, uh, on a daily basis, as I said in the beginning of our conversation. Now, how do, how do I, as an individual, change? How do I form new habits? Well, first of all, awareness. We just had this. The next step, if I'm aware and I know what the alternatives would be, and that, for example, I should learn how to show more empathy, to stay with the example, the next thing I need is a clear intention. I need to want to change. And, you know, define small changes here and there. Baby steps is what I call them. How do you climb the summit of Mount Everest? Not one big leap, one step at a time. Or as Desmond Tutu said, the uh, Archbishop of South Africa, he said, uh, how do you eat an elephant? Well, one bite at a time. <laughs> so it's, it's really small steps that... Uh, Yeah, end up in big, big change, of course. So, clear intention. I am going to do this one thing differently as of now. For example, I choose to speak last in the meetings I'm gonna have over the next few weeks as an experiment. I'm gonna launch an experiment and then observe what's the impact. How do things change? Right? I, had a, I had a client a while ago, a short while ago, actually, and we spoke about the difference between telling in your leadership and asking, mm. so leading through question. Mm. He did not understand what I mean in the beginning. Like, How, I, what do you mean ask, asking questions? I, I will look dumb. <laughs> I, will look, I will look stupid if I'm the one asking the questions. I'm the one who has to know all the answers. And I looked at him and I said, really? Is that so? And then, of course, we had a, a nice conversation. And he, it, it took him some courage to start trying. And he did. And, I mean, he came back reporting, uh, you know, miracles. <laughs> he said, it's a miracle. I'm asking questions and people are coming up with ideas and solutions. And, oh my God, it's been there all the time. And I haven't tapped into this potential. It was there all the time. And now that I'm giving the space and I'm granting people the the opportunity or the right to come up with their own ideas, oh my goodness, innovation Happens, change happens, everything. So small change, Yep. yeah, small step for a man, mm-hmm. you know, we could say, and um, and so, form intentions smaller rather than bigger, and then start doing it. Start observing, reflect about what went well, and what you still need to maybe fine tune and adapt, and then keep doing it keep doing, sustain the new behavior. And the principle is very simple. If what you're doing shows the desired effect, do more of it. Mm. If what you're doing does not show the desired effect, try something else. Very simple, right? So this is where I come in as a coach. So in my, from my coaching sessions, My clients come up or walk uh, walk away with concrete intentions, with realizations and intentions. And they go into practical application, they observe, they document, they reflect, and they bring all of that experience back to the next coaching session. And we take it from there. And usually I work with my clients uh, from six months upwards because that's usually what it takes to really yeah. sustainably form a new habit. Change of, of habits is not is not a, a light switch that you just flick and say, okay, as of tomorrow, everything's going to be different. It's a process, right? And, and it's a process that also includes leaving the comfort zone. And that's that's where many fail because they – They want to change something, or they think they want to. And then the moment when it's about, okay, now very concretely, do something differently. It may take courage, right? And it may mean I'm going to have to step outside my comfort zone and expose myself to something new, which may look threatening, right? To some extent. That's why we we do baby steps. Right. Yeah. And of course, we also we don't want people to ask the, the leader after a few days, "Hey, what 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 happens? What, what's wrong with you? <laughs> did you did you take a training or something?" Right. We don't want that to happen, because uh, then you may have an issue with authenticity. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the process: yeah. awareness, intentions, courage to try something new observe reflect and keep going
1: no I love that and and when you when you're making these changes Thomas like you know in terms of this is where communication has to be elevated to a a higher level because a lot of times people just assume and speculate and that's usually where expectations fall through the cracks we're not communicating in a specific clear and concise way how is it important not that you just have meetings to have meetings but the important, I like, I, I was. It, it's a very common term nowadays, but I, I still, and I still like to use it, but a huddle, why is a huddle so important? Like when you're talking about taking this awareness and now applying it over time, so things begin to stick.
2: Well, <laughs> because otherwise we're just talking. Yeah. We're just having a conversation, and we may have, we may be having uh, an inspiring conversation, and we may be having fun, and we may feel like we're connecting and it's a great meeting. But if there's no follow through after that, nothing's going to change, right? So, Accountability um, and and keeping the finger on it, as I say, is is key. And this may sometimes be a bit uncomfortable. So as a leader, it's it's your job not to shy away from potentially unpleasant or uncomfortable situations and conversations and turn them into something valuable and good so that people come out of a difficult conversation Thinking, okay, that was good. And again, they come out with a positive emotional balance sheet,
1: right? Oh, I like that. Yeah, yes, that's that's, that's a good way. So, just share a little about a little bit on that there. Like, if you want to share about thirty seconds or so or a minute on that, that'll be great because I want to make yeah. sure we have time to let people know where to find you. Sure, every stakeholder relationship or any relationship. And every
2: situation has an emotional balance sheet. It's either positive or negative. It's positive when the predominant emotions are positive. I feel good about you. I respect you. I trust you. And so we can have hard discussions and hard conversations. And it's not going to fall apart because the balance sheet is positive. And I'm going to help you out if you need me, because I know you did the same for me. If, If the relationship runs within the credit limit for a while. Every time we meet, yeah. I feel dra- drained of my energy, et cetera. I feel mistrusted. I, I don't feel good. I'm not going to, I'm going to do the bare minimum. Yeah. I'm going to do silo thinking and all the beautiful little things that companies want to change, but that's the consequence of it. <laughs> you see?
1: Well, that was powerful to, to, to kind of wrap up this show, which just so much packed with so much great information I want to thank you personally here on behalf of of Sustainable Success and Voice America Business Channel for taking the time to be here. How can the audience and those listening later get to know you better? Where can they reach you? Anything that you're working on or anything you'd like to share or provide them? Yeah. So the best
2: thing to know more is to visit my website. It's gelmi.coach. Gelmi, G-E-L-M-I.coach. Coach, You'll find vast information there about how I work. And my work has also shifted and upgraded due to the pandemic. So I've been traveling a lot uh, before the pandemic, delivering programs in person. Today, I, my approach consists of autonomous e-learning sequences on a state-of-the-art e-learning platform that everybody can you know, get the nuggets of input themselves, self-paced, and then I come in as the coach and we talk either in virtual meetings or face-to-face. LinkedIn is another way to connect with me. Uh, just reach out and I'm happy to explain and talk.
1: Well, thank you so much, Thomas, and we encourage everyone that is listening and those listening later, again, reach out to connect with Thomas at his website, at Coach, right? That, if I, that way yes. I heard that. So we'll make sure that that is mentioned. And then also uh, on LinkedIn as well. We highly encourage you. He offers so much value here. And there's, I'm sure there's a lot more he could share that we couldn't possibly do in this hour we were together. We want to thank you listeners each and every week joining us here at Sustainable Success. We wish everybody a great rest of your week. And again, enjoy the rest of your summer. But we'll be back next week. Next week on August seventeenth for another great show. Uh, till then, you can check us out here on Apple as well as Spotify, iHeart, and then also our Sustainable Success Facebook page at Sustainable Success Twenty Seventeen, and of course here at the Voice America Business Channel. Till then, everybody have a great rest of your week and take it easy. And we'll talk soon.
0: For tuning into Sustainable Success, be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an incredible week.